Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Good afternoon, everyone. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. I have a great show today. You know, at the top of everybody's minds right now with what's going on in the world today is cybersecurity. So I've been asked by so many of our viewers to bring a leader on in cybersecurity to talk about it all and what's going on in the world. And I've been very fortunate to book Mr. Tariq Mustafa. And Tariq is the founder and CEO of Ganger Cloud. It's such an honor to have Tariq on the show. He's a leader in cybersecurity. His technology and his team's technology at Ganger Cloud has become the gold standard for cybersecurity. We are so excited to have Tariq on the show today. Tariq, welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Thanks, Andy. Uh, very glad to be here. This is a great honor to have you on the show, Tariq. Let's start by doing what we always do on the show, as you know, by pulling the lens back to 30,000 feet and tell us about Gangor Cloud. Sure, Andy, my pleasure. So Gangor Cloud is a startup in Silicon Valley, California. We are in cybersecurity space, uh, building what the industry recognizes now as the fourth generation cybersecurity product. Uh, more specifically, we excel in the area of um, data leak and exfiltration prevention called DLEP, which is now recognized as the most notorious, most important problem in cybersecurity. So our product, uh, which is called ICE, stands for Information Security Enforcer. We have won pretty much every single award there is in the industry to win. The product is deployed uh, vastly in uh, three different continents, in government organizations, national security agencies, big banks, financial institutions, intellectual property protection. As you know, uh, IP production is a very big issue these days because of industrial espionage and whatnot. So, um, our product is now in five uh, different vertical markets already deployed. That is absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, the general public today, Tariq, you can't tune into a television station or get online and read a newspaper online or read news without seeing as the headline about a cybersecurity breach somewhere. As a matter of fact, the most recent one was, I guess, they impacted the meat. Uh, yes, system. this morning. Yes. Right? Three different places. Yes. One of them is a meat uh, 
vendor or something, yes, supply chain. So they're affecting the supply chain. Let's start off by, by talking about why this has become so prevalent. Why are so many of these hacks going on? Who's responsible, Tariq? Is it national actors? Is it bad guys in small groups of, you know, bad actors, you know, in foreign countries or in America, if you will, or anywhere that are causing all these problems? Where is it all coming from? Why is it so prevalent right now? Sure. So and since we live in the United States, being Americans, so we see everything which is going on bad uh, against America right now, right? Truth of the matter is same thing is happening all over the world in all major countries. There is uh, what people say a third world war already being raged and waged in cyberspace, unfortunately. The nature of this war is very different. It's not like dropping bombs and missiles. It's more like destroying each other's infrastructure for information um, you know, um, um, uh, and, and, uh, and communication infrastructure. This is more dangerous than the previous two wars that we have seen, as it has the potential of pretty much crippling the entire human society as we know it. So similar kind of things are happening, uh, different, um, and there are different you know, agents involved in this one. Some of them are government sponsored, of course, because this is cyber warfare going on, right? Between states. And then there is, another, <clears throat> excuse me, another group of people who are basically free freelancers who see the opportunity, jump on the bandwagon. Technology is so pervasive these days and uh, widely accessible. They use uh, most of the time basically freely accessible tools and start basically launching attacks on their targets, such as banks, like a meat market, for example, which has nothing to do with financial thing, right? So to disrupt the supply chain and things like that. So there are individual actors, there are groups, uh, basically, you know, um, a bunch of hackers whose main intention is just to create disruption and chaos. And all the way, um, government-sponsored, uh, organized, and targeted attacks, which is part of cyber warfare going on right now. The reason why this is happening right now, see, the thing is that the technology has evolved in a very uncontrolled fashion, unfortunately. When internet was invented, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, Al Gore did not invent internet. <laughs> that was just a joke. <laughs> so ever since then, the thing is that internet was created with a good uh, intention, right? And it has been hijacked by bad people. So when the technology behind internet was being devised and put in place, operationalized, nobody was thinking about security issues. Then everything evolved pretty much organically. And then there was a gold rush, rush, so to speak, amongst the entrepreneurs and high-tech people inventing new technology, new applications and everything, which was great. But nobody really paid attention to this lurking problem of security that one day, cybersecurity, there'll be thing called cybersecurity. And that will become so very prevalent that it will pretty much threaten to destroy the very fabric of the internet. Technology kept on piling up layer after layer without any consideration to security till very recently. When bad actors and even the governmental organizations just started playing this war game against each other, right? Now we have a problem because since technology evolved organically, we have to now go back and retrofit security mechanisms 
onto a very well built infrastructure already which is being has been deployed has been being used by so many people security by its very nature is very disruptive as a technology so now we are trying to retrofit security into an already built mold so to speak it is a very big challenge from a technological point of view as well because it's also a very disruptive intrusive process then what happens is that it's like pardon the me the expression plugging the dive okay the wall is full of holes you're trying to basically plug the holes with your finger you plug one hole another one or hole dozens of them emerge elsewhere on the wall it's a losing battle right now and then um, with the advancement in technology the bad actors the bad guys they have very extensive tools at their disposal to intelligently using artificial intelligence those kind of technologies automate creation and invention of new ways of defeating the system the security measures so you plug one hole they open up 10 more this is exactly what's happening right now security is a systemic problem it is deeply seated in the very foundation of internet and the way things evolved you know layer after layer built on top of uh, internet technology therefore it needs to be addressed in a systematic holistic fashion which is a very tall order but ultimately that will have to be done if we want a secure reliable system to emerge which will free us from these kind of menaces makes all the sense in the world tariq and for the people watching the show now you can see why i was so excited to have tariq on the show he is a worldwide expert he understands the ins and outs he takes a very complex idea and he's able to simplify it in a way that everyone can understand so so let's continue down the path obviously at ganger cloud you're doing business with not only many businesses but government agencies national security agencies obviously you can't give away all your secret sauce because i'm sure a lot of it is very confidential and and very secretive but when we think about ganger cloud you know from a layman standpoint tariq how does ganger cloud sort of plug up the holes in your example to make sure that governments and businesses and national security agencies don't get affected by these bad actors sure there's a very good question andy i'm glad you asked this question and i'll try to answer it in as um, simple language as possible because you know the conversation can get entangled into a lot of uh, technological jargons and things like that so let's take one example which is problem statement could be how to protect mission critical and confidential information from unauthorized access theft and corruption of the data such as encryption which is uh, you know uh, caused by malware or even an um, apt attack so ransomware and all of those kind of things the i think like i said earlier you know um, what we did is that we because solutions have been around at least point solutions for a very long time so this problem dlp that i uh, define right now has been uh, known to the community for at least 20 22 years now and solutions have emerged around 1999 2000 time frame the first incarnation of solutions to address this particular problem of data leak prevention for example then ever since then we have seen four different generations of technology to address this problem 
the problem remained unsolved because it's a very complex problem. And all these solutions, like the first generation, second generation, third generation solution, um, they were created, they addressed the problem only partially. It's the same thing. You try to plug the hole in one part of the wall, 10 more emerge elsewhere, right? What we did is that we said that, okay, let's not rush into this. Let's not build another Me Too product, which um, uh, is going to fail sooner or later. Let's just analyze the problem more holistically. So we spent several years actually in the beginning in pure R&D mode, trying to understand the problem and the nature of the problem and also try to foresee how the problem itself is going to evolve with the advent of new methodologies and technologies at the disposal of the bad guys. A little bit of mind reading there as well and future uh, you know, prediction. Then uh, after uh, several years of R&D, we came to the conclusion that, okay, now we understand the nature of the problem and how to solve this in a more holistic fashion. Then we spent uh, a few years basically building the solution. And we found out that in order to address one single problem, which is the most notorious of all the problems, is actually uh, one has to um, build new technology, uh, new innovations need to happen in at least three, four different areas, which in and on uh, by themselves, okay, do not pertain to security or cybersecurity directly. For example, in this particular case, auto classification of information. So you have data and uh, information. How do you auto identify and classify if this piece of information is confidential or not without human intervention? If you leave this to human judgment, then you are opening up door for human error and insider attack, meaning that a disgruntled employee will never classify information correctly, right? Case in point, all those WikiLeaks and, you know, previous uh, half a dozen leaks that have happened and caused chaos all over the world. So the uh, 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 thing is that um, we ended up basically researching a problem, which is uh, in um, data analysis and identification and uh, you know, automation of the classification process. We have very important patents in that area. We are very proud of those patents. And then another um, uh, area, which seems also a disjoint discipline, which is basically auto access control, okay? Which has nothing to do with classification of information, okay? Then we ended up basically um, uh, innovating and we have a couple of very important patents in that area as well. Then, you know, similarly, policy synthesis, policy generation, which, is, which has been known to be one of the most notorious and difficult problems as well. So we um, invented technologies and patents in that area as well. Synergistically, when all these three, four technologies come together, then the emergent behavior of the system okay, is the result that we see right now that our, our solution is almost, and I'm using the word almost because I learned through experience never to claim, you know, in superlatives. <laughs> so far, almost, we have never been, our technology has never been compromised. So now, after these three, four different areas of innovation, when uh, the system comes together collectively, holistically, we have been able to address the problem, which has been a perennial issue, you know, ever since ever. Tariq, that's unbelievable. I was just taking some notes because I wanted to follow up on what you said. I mean, it's really incredible that obviously you have some very important patents. Your technology has not been compromised. And I know that 
we're talking about Ganger Cloud Tariq as the fourth generation. Now, I know that you're a shapeshifter. I know that you're somewhat of a zeitgeist in the field. I know that you really have your fingerprint on the on the entire cybersecurity space. Has Ganger Cloud already started thinking about what the fifth generation is going to look like? Because, <laughs> you know, the bad guys keep trying to put holes in the wall in your example. And, yes. and you know, is there a fifth generation coming up on Ganger Cloud? And, and maybe you could give us some insight on what that might look like. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you asked that question, Andy. And uh, I think you are also a bit of mind reader here. So, yes, we are actually working on the fifth generation now. And it is going to be um, in, in um, early um, uh, prototype phase uh, sometime mid of next year, 2022. Um, we have more patents, more new, new technology that we have uh, built for the fifth generation. Uh, the difference between fourth and fifth generation is more evolutionary because from the third to the fourth generation, it was quantum leap. Because still the third generation technology, um, it had a lot of issues, problems. And like I said, we had to pretty much go back and build everything from the ground up. Uh, but luckily for the fifth generation, it is more of an evolution from the fourth generation. It is massively built on um, artificial intelligence-based technologies to automate a lot of things, take the human factor out of the equation as much as possible. You know, Andy, artificial intelligence has a lot of promise and also a lot of hype that was created in the previous three hype cycles of AI, historically speaking, over the last 25, 30 years, right? So we are very realistic. Our approach is based on not so much machine learning, although there is some machine learning there, but more on basically classical artificial intelligence, which is hardcore artificial intelligence. And, uh, you know, uh, we can have very lengthy conversation on that topic alone, maybe at some other time. So based upon that, our fifth generation is going to further take uh, fourth generation technology and take it to a very different level altogether. And it will be, uh, we are hoping that it will be ready for an all-out cyber war and cyber defense kind of situation. And we'll give the, 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 the good guys better tools to be more formidable defense system against uh, you know, the bad guys. Tariq, this, this is awesome. And you know, earlier in our conversation, earlier in our interview, you mentioned that this is really World War III. And right. you know, as, a, as a person, not in the cybersecurity space myself, and for many of the entrepreneurs watching the show who are not in the cybersecurity space, they're in other spaces. When they hear that, or we hear that, you know, it, it kind of sends a little bit of a shiver up our spine a little bit. You know, it makes us a little worried. It makes us think that the bad actors are always going to keep putting those holes in the wall and it's going to be up to companies like Ganger Cloud to keep on filling up the holes. And actually, with your fifth generation using AI, get ahead of the holes so that perhaps, you know, uh, we always end up winning like what Ganger Cloud's been doing already, which it's never been compromised, which is absolutely amazing. So when we think about this World War III, Tariq, you know, in your mind being in the business, and do you think about... Do you think about like 
do you think about for your family and do you think about for your maybe children, if you have them or grandchildren down the road, you know, what the world's going to look like and who is going to be the protector of all of these high and very important technological advancements that we're making uh, to keep them from being compromised from the bad guys? Yes, that is also another very good question, Andy, and I'm glad you raised this one. Uh, to be honest with you, being a technologist, um, I actually worry myself for our future generation. Um, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, for example, um, when by the time it develops to the, to the extent that it is uh, ready to mimic human level intelligence, we are far, far, far away from that level right now, thank God. Um, but in the, at, at the same time, a lot is happening out there. And um, unless we start, you know, we step back and start looking at the problem from the ground up and uh, realize that technology is a mean to an end, right? It's not an end in and by itself. So, and then, uh, uh, for example, you know, many kids these days, they don't even know how to write an essay on their own. They need Grammarly to correct their punctuation. These are important tools. Grammarly is a fabulous tool. I'm not against Grammarly. I'm just giving an example. Okay. But it is very important to teach our kids some basic skill sets so that those are not lost over time. And this is just one example. To be able to read, write, compose things and be creative as a human being, not depend too much on, the, on machines. Because sooner or later, machines may disappear even for a short period of time because of cyber warfare, for example, crippling each, uh, each other's infrastructure, right? So there should be some backup mechanism as well. And the human race should not give up on the skill set that it innovated and developed over thousands of years, such as being nice to each other, for example, you know, and, uh, you know, they're just being courteous, just being able to conduct basic human functions such as reading, writing, communicating effectively without the, the help of machine. That makes a lot of sense, Tariq. And obviously, you know, you work through the peer view and through the lens of, you know, being kind, being compassionate, uh, being humble in a business of cybersecurity that really could become very stressful if you, if you don't change sort of the way you look at the glass or the way you look at it, whether being half full or half empty. And of course, you're always a person that looks at it as being half full and you like to figure out ways to, to help the world. And that's really what Ganger Cloud is doing by protecting all of us. Now, let's talk a little bit about onboarding, Tariq, because you know we're listening to you talk. We're, we're hearing what you're saying. We know that you know, Ganger Cloud is the fourth generation. It was a quantum leap over the first, second, and third generation. You're working on the fifth generation already. So how does the onboarding process look when a government agency reaches out to you or a business or even a national security agency of a government reaches out to you at Ganger Cloud or one of your uh, phenomenal team at Ganger Cloud? How does that onboarding work you know entrepreneurs are watching the show and they're probably wondering how does a government sort of start interacting with a company like ganger cloud so maybe you could talk about that a little bit sure Andy. 
uh, most of our governmental um, uh, customers, you know, uh, strangely, oddly enough, they approached us. So, for example, on one fine Monday morning after the uh, staff meeting, I get a call. I don't recognize the phone number because it's a foreign country. <laughs> Reluctantly thinking that maybe it's from Nigeria selling me something, telling me I want $10 million. They want my bank account. <laughs> when I take the phone call very reluctantly, it turns out that it's a real call from um, a real country with a real uh, cyber national security agency calling me. And uh, because they heard from the word of mouth from other customers and uh, they would like to do a proof of concept POC. And so the ball starts rolling. Our strike rate with proof of concept has been 100%. Wherever we went and we did a proof of concept, we got the customer. And um, uh, of course, the, the technology is quite uh, complex. So it requires some training. We have a very, very extensive uh, customer training and um, SE training program that we institute. Uh, it is um, depending upon the, the nature of the deployment, anywhere from one week, 40 hours to one month long, very extensive. And we train our customers and their uh, IT staff very extensively. And uh, of course, uh, there are some certain sensitivities because part of the patented technology we have, they are quite important. So we are very careful not to disclose that outside of our own local agencies here. So uh, we go only to a certain extent uh, in terms of technology disclosure to foreign countries. But of course, our own government here in the United States and agencies, we go to any uh, you know, uh, level of depth that they want to understand the technology. And like I said, our strike rate has been 100% so far. That's awesome, Tariq. And I know I'm keeping you over, but this is so fascinating. I've got you on the show. I've been waiting to get you on the show. I have a few more questions if I can indulge myself because you know, when we get someone like you on the show, we wanna make sure that our, our viewers get the best that we possibly can provide to them with the questions that we think are really gonna be impactful. So let's talk about the bad actors. Sure. So you've got a group of bad actors. They're in a country. They build some type of evil cyber system that's going to go attack. And mm -hmm. they give that attack program to, let's say, their affiliates. And mm -hmm. they say to that other group of guys or gals and or gals, you use this system. You go attack as much as you can. And when you start getting some money in ransomware, we want to cut of the action. Right, right. So you go do all that, use our technology. And then the bad actors that are sort of at the top of the pyramid, they start building a new sort of cyber worm or a cyber mm -hmm. problem or a cyber security threat that they're preparing so that when the one that they just built stops, they have one ready to go. Is that sort of the way that it works, Tariq? Yes, pretty much. And uh, there has become a value chain, so to speak. No pun intended value chain there <laughs> and a supply chain for technology. And uh, so the, the mafia works the way it works. And it's a mafia now. And uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. That's exactly how it happens. See, the thing is, Andy, one thing we learned very early on during our research R&D phase is that um, there was this thing, you know, trying to keep the bad guys out not letting them infiltrate your infrastructure. That's one level of defense, one paradigm of defense, right? Which is very useful, of course. You want to lock your front door so that nobody can, you know, walk in just at their own wish or will, right? Um, so, of course, it's important to have that kind of security. 
but relying on that part of secure that kind of security itself is not going to be enough as has been proven over the last several decades right there should be a complementary approach to that one or supplementary approach what if somebody sneaks in are you do you not have any further defense so our approach has been both ways that somebody sneaks in and they will sneak in sooner or later right because they are relentless people that is their bread and uh, you know bread and butter right so just assume that somebody somehow someday will sneak in what happens afterwards so a part of our technology is built from that mindset as well for example just think about this if the thief okay sneaks in but he cannot or she cannot sneak out with all the goodies okay that person is that thief is trapped there right and then you can go and apprehend kill or whatever right <laughs> so our technology works both ways not to allow the bad guys once they have infiltrated the infrastructure not to let them sneak out with all the goodies or any part of the goodies at all and that's where we excel so there are these notions of false positive versus false negative so false negative means that you you don't even know what has already happened to you right so in our case uh, basically we almost 100% protection against false negative so um, th- these are two very complementary approaches in, um, um, in 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 our technology in, uh, in our solution that's why probably nobody has been able to infiltrate and exfiltrate so far you know wherever our, our technology has been deployed so far in any of our customer base It's really, really remarkable. You know, Tariq, as the founder and CEO of Ganger Cloud, you, you have very important patents under the company. Your technology has not been compromised. You're really the gold standard. Your proof of concept or POC for various uh, governmental agencies has been 100%. You're already working on the fifth generation, uh, the fourth generation gold standard that Ganger Cloud has was really a quantum leap over the first three generations. You have over 60 employees. You you uh, deploy your your Ganger Cloud uh, safeguard technology in a number of different ways, and it's really really remarkable. What I'd like to do now is indulge myself just with a few more minutes of your time, Tariq, and sure. ask you a little bit about entrepreneurship because you know people are watching the show and they're. they're watching you and they know you're a worldwide expert in this cybersecurity space with uh founding and 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 running uh and being the CEO of Ganger Cloud so they might be saying to themselves well has, has Tariq ever stumbled you know uh we have younger entrepreneurs that watch the show and maybe they're hitting a roadblock or maybe they're hitting a pothole in the road and maybe they're a little freaked out they don't know what to do because they've never encountered a tough situation before in their life so maybe Tariq you could share some of your experience about what it means to hit a roadblock and how you get through that to be a great entrepreneur sure very good question Andy. there is always going to be um, a whole bunch of roadblocks bumps in the road and, and what not sometimes it, it may even be a doom and gloom situation altogether that's the time when you have to have faith in yourself and faith in your team and believe in what you're doing and most importantly be honest with yourself and with your customers and your target customer base 
so with all of these things uh, so believing belief and faith in what you're doing are uh, probably in my opinion two of the most important things to get through difficult time in any startup i have not seen many of my friends are very successful entrepreneurs and i worked um, in bigger companies and smaller companies previously in my previous lives as well i have never seen any company which um, never ran into any kind of roadblocks even bigger ones so it is uh, basically honesty and honesty with yourself um, belief in what you are doing uh, you know those are the crucial things uh, ingredients for success perseverance if you have faith perseverance is automatic you know that's great advice and and tariq obviously i know that you you believe in surrounding yourself with talented people i know you believe in mentors i know that you love your team and i know i know that you the employees that you've been able to attract to the ganger cloud uh, technology cybersecurity platform have all been uh, vetted to the highest degree and and they're top notch talent and i know you're very proud of your team as well and and again i wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show you and i could talk cybersecurity probably for the next 24 hours and not get tired of it but unfortunately i know you have to go do what you need to do to continue to protect businesses and governments and national security agencies and continue to build the fifth generation of of uh of technology uh, which will become not only the gold standard but the platinum standard when the fifth generation comes along so tariq i wanted to thank you so much for taking some time today and coming on the dot com magazine entrepreneur spotlight series thank you very much andy for this uh, excellent opportunity nice meeting with you and i'm looking forward to um, interacting with you in future sometime as well